This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Knowledge at Wharton on Sirius XM 132, business radio powered by the Wharton School. As we continue our series 2019 to look ahead, we turn our attention to the Mueller investigation into Russian meddling of the 2016 presidential election. 33 people have either been indicted or pled guilty so far, including five former advisors to the president. We don't yet know whether President Donald Trump himself or anyone within his inner circle colluded with Moscow. However, we may find out soon, as various media outlets report that special counsel Robert Mueller is almost done with his investigation and might turn over his report to the Justice Department in the next few weeks. With more on what to expect and the impact of the report could have on the White House, we are joined here in studio by Philip Nichols, Professor of Social Responsibility in Business and Legal Studies in Business here at the Wharton School. And joining us on the phone is Bill Black, Associate Professor of Economics and Law at the University of Missouri at Kansas City. He's also a white-collar criminologist and a former financial regulator. Phil, great seeing you. Happy Good New Year. Dan. Happy Thank New Year. You. Great to have you. Bill, great to have you with us. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So where do you think we stand right now with this investigation, Bill? Well, first we deal with the only part of the administration that doesn't leak. So we're at a grave disadvantage, and it files some of its most interesting filings under seal uh, on top of that. And so the only reason that we're guessing that something might be happening in February, according to reports, is that Mueller gave a heads up to certain people in the Justice Department, as he's required to do, and that presumably those folks leaked uh, that uh, the report might be finalized. But we have Corsi um, saying that he expects to be uh, indicted. And if Corsi is indicted, they're obviously looking at Stone and Assange and, and Wiki. Uh, so the best guess is that Mueller still has indictments uh, to come. Uh, we have no certainty at all that there'll be a, a report um, done by February in particular. And that, uh, of course, leaves the Southern District of New York, or, which we in the trade call the Sovereign District of New York, because it's you know so much more equal than all other U.S. attorney's offices, and it has the bit between its teeth. And then maybe some other program will discuss the state attorney generals. Um, and New York is plainly coming after um, the Trumps, indeed in such an open fashion that it's going to actually, I think, produce a defense Phil? Uh, you know, of uh, selective prosecution. Phil, your thoughts? Um, yeah, well, in thinking about what's happening with the Mueller investigation in the next few months, it's hard to disentangle the Mueller investigation from all of the other things around the Mueller investigation. So one can also think about the effects of the Democrats taking the House right. and how that will interact with what is and what is not revealed through the Mueller investigation. And that might be just as interesting and possibly uh, damaging to the business environment <laughs> as the investigation itself. And, and it seems like, Bill, that – and obviously we – as I mentioned, we've seen all of these people – uh, that have either been indicted or have pled guilty at, at this point uh, over the last uh, few months. 
but at this point, we have not had anything involving the president, and that seemingly is part of the strategy uh, of the special counsel Mueller to make sure, I guess, that all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed if, in fact, he's going to bring charges forward against the president. That's right. But also remember, the prosecutor has a duty um, not to um, be out there intimating uh, bad actions by folks who he doesn't have a basis uh, for. So we've seen both in the Southern District of New York and Mueller pleadings. um, Obviously, there are two cases where uh, the individual one is very clearly, indisputably, the president of the United States. Yeah. But as you say, neither of those charges uh, go to Russia. Uh, on the other hand, we have this extraordinarily <laughs> amazing pattern that all these senior folks, basically the whole leadership core uh, of much of the campaign, including two finance chairs who also had to leave for, for sleazy reasons, but different sleazy reasons, but all these other folks who pled, A, were clearly on the make personally. They sought to profit personally from relationship to um, the incoming president. Right. And second, they all did lie about Russian connections, it appears. And, you know, so there's certainly reason why, uh, as my colleague just said, the Democrats are going to be incredibly eager once they get control of the House, which is now, uh, basically, to begin real hearings and will likely make much more of those hearings public. And the other part to it from from the Russian side of this, Phil, is the fact that uh, we know that that activities are going on. We we know that something has obviously occurred. Uh, We've had Russian nationals who have been indicted. uh, But at this point, as we sit here to start out the new year, is seemingly is the case with a lot of times when there is an indictment against somebody that is outside the United States purview, it would be very hard to get those people here to the United States to actually bring them in front of a court. Oh, yeah. True. But this gets really interesting and it gets really interesting with the uh, Russian uh, arrest of the American um, former Marine, which has all the hallmarks of being designed to free Butina, which is another prosecution that was spun off from Mueller, uh, but this turned time to what we call the rocket docket of Eastern District of uh, Virginia. Um, And so you could see a real hardball potentially, not necessarily by Trump, but Congress may choose to pass resolutions demanding sanctions unless uh, the Russians are turned over and unless the Americans are freed. Um, That all is right at the beginning, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. So? Yeah, there's a the, – the Cold War kind of echoes are absolutely fascinating. Bill's right about that. But another aspect of your – that your question gets at, uh, some people are speculating that um, particularly with Whitaker uh, supervising the investigation, that the report may never be publicly released. Right. It may right. not be sent to Congress. Right. And that therefore um, Mueller is – 
is dropping breadcrumbs in his indictments. Uh, and it's possible that – and again, this is all speculative – but it's possible that the indictment of these foreign nationals are more breadcrumbs, more public but not public revelations of things that he's finding. And that also brings us to the the uh, the Justice Department to begin with right now, Bill. And obviously, Jeff Sessions is out. Uh, as Phil mentioned, you have Matt Whitaker that is uh, the interim in that position. Uh, former AG William Barr has been nominated by President Trump. So you have all this uncertainty within the Justice Department as this investigation is going on and as potentially we may see uh, this uh, this report uh, put into the Justice Department at some point in the next few months. That's correct, and you also have pretty serious concern that there's a new type of thing we haven't seen before, which is you sort of audition for your job yeah. <laughs> as a senior position in the Justice Department by publicly taking really, for from a legal perspective, very unusual, incredibly strong views of executive power, right? Where the president really gets to be a despot uh, unless and until he's impeached uh, under this view with impunity. Um, And that those folks who then, you know, troll their wares um, get appointed. And, you know, Whitaker is a kind of person who never (laughs) would be considered (laughs) for any your Justice Department position on anything close to merit. Uh, Barr is a different story, uh, but he seems to have gotten much more extreme in his views over the last several years. Phil? Yeah. The the Justice Department adds a a wrinkle to all of this, and it, it is, again, very difficult to extricate. It's not just a straightforward, Mueller does an investigation, the report is is disclosed to everyone who needs to hear it, including the United States public, which by now has legitimate concerns. I believe close to 70 percent of the public in the last poll thought there may be some um, Russian influence on the current administration or the election of the current administration. And these are things that need to be resolved. Um, but it, 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 it's – you know, we look for flashpoints or we look for easy things to look at like the investigation. But it's it's interwoven with so many odd and unusual things. It's not just the investigation. I guess the other question to, to look at, Phil, and, and Bill brought it up a second ago, is the fact that you have Congress, a new Congress coming in. The House of Representatives will be controlled by the Democrats. They have talked about – bringing forth a lot of uh, of different types of investigations. Uh, we know as part of the Mueller investigation with these uh, with these indictments and uh, the people that have been found guilty that there is some level of assistance. We even don't know that. Right. So my question is how much influence could Congress have to make a lot of this known down the road in the next several months if, in fact, the, the, the final investigation is put in eventually by Mr. Mueller? Well, that depends on whether the results uh, or Mueller's conclusions are disclosed to Congress. And the the terms of his appointment, they don't have to be. Uh, Whitaker or eventually Barr could say, that's it, done, and not send them on to Congress. If they don't go to Congress, Congress undoubtedly will initiate its own investigation. But Congress – Although it has subpoena power, it doesn't really have the kind of investigative power 
that uh, Mueller had or will have had right. in the past tense at that point in time. And so we either go through a, a longer, more laborious, and less meticulous process, or we just let it go. Bill, your thoughts? So uh, two things. One, there's still another development we haven't talked about, and, and this is the case we don't know about that's under seal, but we mm. now know uh, that uh, Mueller was uh, subpoenaing documents from a foreign-owned bank. So presumably Russia, Turkey, China, you know, the major suspects in all of that. And that he won in the uh, trial court, uh, affirmed on appeal, and then very unusual for this kind of essentially a discovery-type order, um, stayed by the chief justice of the Supreme Court. Uh, And so this will be an early indication of, you know, how broadly they're going to the Supreme Court is going to allow uh, this investigation to go. And, you know, clearly, if they say no, um, the Democrats will be deeply suspicious um, of the basis. And they're going to be, as my colleague just explained, innumerable uh, subpoena battles. Yeah. Uh, coming up uh, in uh, this Congress. Second thing is, I agree that uh, Congress will not put together a team remotely as capable of Mueller, and there are other you know restraints that um, make Congress more difficult. But you could, and I would urge folks to look, um, e- even if it's just a, an easy um, web search at the PCORA Commission, um, which really transformed uh, how people viewed banks and the opportunity for legislation in the Great Depression. And that's because we actually use professional questioners instead of what you see on C-SPAN, you know, three minutes of your party, three minutes of their party, and then it's another people, and there's no real ability to do investigation. We're joined on the phone by Bill Black of the University of Missouri-Kansas City in studio with Philip Nichols here of the Wharton School. We're talking about the Mueller investigation as we head forward into 2019. Your comments welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment on Twitter, at BizRadio132, or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Bill, you mentioned a little while ago the New York Attorney General's office, and I find this piece to it to be very interesting in terms of of how they can play a role in the overall process of what's going on with the Mueller investigation right now. Can you take us into that for a little bit? Sure. So um, Mueller's already spun off some stuff uh, from the president's uh, former uh, uh, counsel, um, you know, and who was really a fixer. Uh, Michael about Cohen, those yeah. business dealings, yeah, and they've gotten some degree of cooperation that sounds like maybe not the fullest from the longtime uh, CFO, uh, who goes all the back the way back to Trump's dad uh, in this organization, and presumably knows where the bodies are buried. So <laughs> literally, you have folks that could actually serve as guide dogs to really do a rifle shot investigation instead of a shotgun blast that took forever. And therefore, even though the New York AG has far fewer resources 
than does the federal government. If they focus them on a couple of areas, A, Trump is uh, – well, you can always think of Trump's red lines as the things that he feels most vulnerable about, right? A, his business, and B, his kids. Right. Because his kids, of course, run the business in, in many ways, or, uh, or at least are supposedly the ones running the business now. Phil? The, 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 the notion of red lines is a really interesting notion, and I, I think we all do – we all – I don't think trying to crawl inside of anybody's brain, but particularly President Trump's brain, is very productive. <laughs> okay. But the the he may, he for all we know he may feel no vulnerability he may think that that the things that he says are in fact true right but that it is very interesting to have a president who you know politically is very controversial but who also as a business person engaged in you know he was in a it, it, it's not a real secret that he had a certain reputation as a business person, and, yeah. and that reputation was not always synonymous with ethical and, and forthcoming and integrity and things like that. And so it wouldn't be that difficult, is my guess, to find a great deal of transgressions that are worthy of investigation of the business and conflating that with the political Antagonism. I mean, he's a very antagonistic president. Yeah. At conflating that with the you know political antagonism that people feel toward him creates it, it creates a mess, uh, kind of like the mess that we saw with President Clinton several decades ago. And 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 it's it's funny in a in a you know kind of curious funny way. Yeah. To try to untangle, is this relevant, is this pertinent, or is this just a way of getting at someone who's politically repellent in so many ways? I mean, does it matter as the president of the United States that he you know, was a serial adulterer and that he paid money to cover up uh, – you know, allegedly paid money to cover up alleged uh, – Transgressions. You know, yeah, yeah. Mar- marital indiscretions. Yeah. In, 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 a, in a sense, you know, there's the character issue, et cetera. And if we were in France, the answer would be character. Yes, he's got it. But, but you know, that isn't – that's a way of getting at somebody in a, in a kind of tangential way for being so politically repellent but not attacking the politics. Right. And, it, and it'll be curious over the next year, year and a half – to see how much energy is expended on that sort of stuff with the kinds of investigations you're talking about yeah. and not getting at, is this a, a, an administration that is in hawk to a foreign power? Which, you know, really is a question that goes to the, the, the fundamental nature, you know, the fundamental integrity of the government of this, this particular country. Or... Was it did it did it cooperate with a foreign power in altering or attempting to alter elections in this country? Those are really serious questions. Yeah, I, you know, I, personally, I think that paying I've never been in a position for a lot of reasons to pay a woman or a man or anybody for an, a marital you know covering a marital discretion. I, I, it's flamboyant and, and I, I find it distasteful, but. Is that where we're going to put our energy? Are we going to put our energy into 
the fact that the Trump Foundation, you know, was really just a sham or seems to have just been a sham for things? Or are we going to put our energy into these really, really serious questions? I think that's one of the most interesting questions of all of this, which goes under the label of the Mueller investigation for the next year and a half. Bill, your reaction to that? So um, you're starting you, back to your earlier question, putting it together with this one about what might Congress do. This is the area where there are, you know, thunder um, that should be troubling to Trump. The Senate, after all, has passed the since last we talked, some uh, resolutions uh, pretty hostile to Trump's positions, particularly on what appears to have been, you know, one of the more brutal murders ever uh, in a consulate of, you know, uh, on orders of uh, the de facto leader of Saudi Arabia, in, in which, you know, Lindsey Graham, of all folks, comes away saying there was a smoking saw. And that, uh, you know, he thinks that a jury, any jury would convict within 30 minutes uh, and such. And, of course, since we've talked the last time about this subject, Mattis has resigned with really the most extraordinary resignation letter in the history of a senior U.S. government official. (laughs) I mean, that, that is such an insult on every conceivable level. Um, uh, and so you you do have, you know, Mitt Romney now thinking it's safe enough um, that uh, and opportunistic enough that he should start creating daylight between him right. and uh, Trump uh, with these op eds uh, attacking him and such. And that's going to be the question: um, if Trump continues in these really extraordinary acts um, that upset. Even um, a Republican Party that is almost totally owned by him now. Yeah. Um, then he really needs to worry because, yeah. it, we, for example, Jim Wright was removed from office for petty things. Bill, unfortunately, but, I, unfortunately, we're at the top of the hour, and I have to end it there. Thank you very much for coming on, and we'll have you back on about this in the very near future. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. Great seeing you again. Thank you for coming on. You too, Dan. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.